I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. I am sorry that there was no episode last week. Um, it was not really intentional and then it was. It got to that point where it was like, oh, if I'm going to have an episode this week, I need to record somebody now. And um, I just didn't. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but it was nice to take a week off. Uh, I think everybody needs that once in a while. And hey, you might have seen that we have new artwork. We went through a rebrand. Rebrand. Why can't I talk today? Anyway, um, I'm very excited about how the podcast looks right now. You know, after almost two years, it was one of those things where I was like, maybe it's time to uh, try something new, something that pops. And I want to take this moment to thank my friend Jesse, who helped me um, with the new artwork without her brilliant graphic design mind, it would probably look really bad. So thank you, Jesse. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys like the new art. I kind of am like in love with it a little bit. 
um, graphic design stuff makes me very happy. So I like it and I hope you like it too. Anywho, let's get on with the show. Today I have Ben Giroux. Um, You may know him as the toddler on Henry Danger or Danger Force. He has a brand new series called Big Nate that is premiering on Paramount Plus on February 17th and I'm very excited to watch it and Ben is such a cool dude and um, we had a great time talking. So here's that conversation with Ben Giroux. And welcome to the show, Ben. What's up? How are you? I'm good. It, I love talking to, we were just talking about this before I started the episode, I love talking to voice over actors because you have such a good setup and you have such a good like radio voice and it's like so, <laughs> it's so appealing to listen to. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm talking to you from my home voiceover studio. We, you know. All voice actors sort of had a voiceover setup prior to the pandemic, but when March 2020 hit, we all basically said, hey, we have to be able to broadcast from home. So the yeah. setup has significantly improved. Okay, question about that, because I've always wondered, did you just like get rid of everything that was in your closet or like what was that process for you? <laughs> yeah, so initially, so I actually booked the animated show that we're going to talk about today uh, the first week of the pandemic. And so our sessions are typically about four hours. And we started uh, really diving into most of our original records um, with Nickelodeon uh, summer of 2020. And so I was at the time in a place that did not have central air. And (laughs) I was I had a much smaller sort of closet set up. And there were a few times that I nearly passed out from the heat. (laughs) Uh, truly, and me and the other actors were talking about it. I was like, yeah, I didn't want to say anything there, but I definitely started getting tunnel vision towards the end of our session. Oh my gosh. (laughs) in answer to your question, I have since, uh, uh, purchased a home that I'm very happy to be a homeowner now. And I live in a different place. And my first task was to build out, uh, a home voiceover studio. And, uh, and the very first thing I did was work with a contractor to put in an air duct. Uh, it's a good move. <laughs> which has That's been a good move. Bliss, absolute bliss, being able to have some some airflow in here. I mean, yeah, I get hot just closing the door to my office to record this, so I can't imagine being in a tiny little closet and like yeah, trying to record for hours. It's uh, you know, and this is actually nice because this is a you know, this is probably like an eight by five room, so it's not That's so good. small that the sound is boxy. Like it definitely, and I give a lot of credit to our Nickelodeon engineers, one of which uh, named Ryan Green, who came over and really helped me sort of lock in and get this place set up. Uh, Amazing. It's not cheap, but it's definitely <laughs> a great at home, uh, you know, setup now. Okay, so take me back. We're going to get to, uh, you know, the the big stuff that you have going on. But I'd love to know how you got started in this crazy industry. What was the thing that made you want to be an actor? And I mean, you're doing other things, too. So how did you start? Sure. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, you know, I grew up as, you know, a a ham trying to, (laughs) you know, get laughs in our home videos, uh, you know, with my little sister. Uh, and yeah, I would say, you know, I went to, I did this sort of traditional thing where I went to film school my first year of college. Uh, then I transferred to USC and I did theater school. I feel like Mm. you sort of have to go away from what you want to do with your life to realize, no, this is really what I want to do. So, (laughs) um, 
you know, I did acting. I was lucky enough that while I was in college at SC, I booked my first television pilot. It was a, a Fairly Brothers show on Fox that unfortunately had a short season due to the original writer's strike in mm. 2007 eight? or 8, something eight, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was, yeah, my first, my first acting gig was doing a show with, you know, the guys that did something about Mary and, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, and that, you know, I was very lucky right after college, I started immediately working primarily as sort of a, a comedic character actor on television. You know, I did Psych and Bones and House and Anger Management and NCIS. Um, and along the way, you know, I'm a short guy. Uh, and so I was playing a lot, a lot. Me and my best friend like to like to say short kings. There we go. Okay, see, I'll take that. I'll take short king. Yeah. But, uh, you know, after you play about three or four Christmas elves, it's like, you know, I think I want something more for my career. So (laughs) I was playing a lot of a lot of short king roles. And uh, and I started to this was the early days of YouTube. I started to make a lot of my own stuff. Uh, and so, you know, back in the very early days of online content, I was running some popular YouTube channels like Failblog and FML and Fred, and I was using it to sort of build up my own subscriber base on my own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got me sort of familiar with working with brands and clients for the first time, ad agencies. Uh, and, uh, you know, shortly after that, I started my own production company called Small Red Cape. So now it's sort of grown to the point where I uh, direct and produce, you know, commercials and music videos and TV pilots. Um, wow. But, you know, sort of at the beginning of it, though, I really wanted to make hip hop comedy music videos. And the thing that really kind of that is so me, specific. It is so specific. <laughs> uh, it actually started with, you know, again, talking about the short guy thing. I wanted to make a, uh, a braggadocious sort of Busta Rhyme style music video about being short. Yes. And uh, and I made a project. I teamed up with a, a hip hop artist, a buddy of mine named Jensen Reed, and we made a music video called Little Dude Anthem. It did really well. <laughs> it was, you know, it was me and um, uh, Tamira Gray from the first season of uh, of American Idol. And we had So You Think You Can Dance Dancers. It was a really Amazing. fun project. Got like a million views. And we were like, oh, you know, wow. this was kind of cool. Let's do more like this. So the the project that that led us to that really ratcheted my career as a director and a producer to a different level was called Back to the 90s. Jensen mm-hmm. and I both sort of acknowledged that we we really liked nostalgia. That was something that that we wanted to make a song about. So we made a song, a celebratory music video about the 90s called Back to the <laughs> 90s. Got 100 million views. We charted Jeez. on Billboard. We joined the Backstreet Boys in Las Vegas. Um, what? And that, that led to... Uh, a bunch of spinoff music videos. Uh, you know, I wound up directing a Vanilla Ice music video as a result. Oh my God. Um, you know, my writing partner, Arnie Pantoja, and I, who's actually also on my animated series, uh, we were the showrunners of a CW comedy pilot right before the pandemic. So back to the 90s wow. really led to um, kind of a new level of content creation for my company uh, for and for myself really behind camera. Um, so suffice it to say, I do a lot of stuff Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I like it, you know, I think initially after college, I was like, oh, I can't tell anybody I do anything other than, you know, my television acting roles. Yeah, yeah. It'll complicate my brand. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now I think the more slashes you can add to your business card, especially in entertainment, the, the more, um, uh, satisfying a career you can do at the end of the day, all I want to do is I want to make people laugh. And so, yeah. Um, well, I think you bring up an interesting point there because I remember when I was, you know, a teenager 
a big thing that agents and managers used to push was like, you need a niche. You need to fit in a small box. What is your niche? What is your thing? You can't be anything else but this one thing so that you book as that thing. But I feel like now we live in this really cool world where it's like everybody is doing everything and it's okay. Yes. And if you're not, then they're like, wait, why aren't you doing this too? And it's like, well, no, 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 I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's encouraged now. You know, before yeah. I think it was kind of frowned on if I, you know, told people, well, hey, I also really want to be a writer and a director. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, hey, you really should focus on on your television acting. Now everything's interconnected. So, you know, the thing that I would reference is uh, TikTok is a big piece of what I do. I've got, Mm. you know, four and a half million kids on my TikTok account. I post two times a day. And I feel like the, um, the content I'm able to create on TikTok, the fan base I'm able to directly uh, create and interact with informs all my other opportunities. You know, I'm getting Mm -hmm. directing gigs with ad agencies because I have a TikTok audience. I'm, uh, able to, I, I guess, do my role on my animated show better because I have, you know, improv experience on a set. I right. feel like I can perform better on camera in, you know, the Nickelodeon show I do, Danger Force, because I know what it's like to be a director behind camera. So all mm-hmm. of those things, I think, are interconnected. And I think the more of a mastery you can get over all avenues of entertainment, the more they inform each other. So smart. I bow down. I bet on. Um, I want to talk about TikTok a little bit because I feel like um, when I initially joined TikTok and I have like no followers, I'm just, I have no idea what I'm doing on there. I'm like posting my baking and like, that's it. I don't know the thing. But um, when I joined TikTok, I, I joined it because the kids that I was directing, they all had TikTok. And I was like, oh, like what's happening here? And now I've gotten to, you know, really start to enjoy watching my TikToks that show up on my For You page and whatnot. Um, But you said you post two a day. That seems daunting to me. What is is. that like, creating all that content constantly? Yeah. I mean, and so I I guess my my sort of attitude towards TikTok has adapted. Initially, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was a great way to stay creative and to be experimental with – you know, almost ephemeral content, right? If, mm. if something flops, you've got something right around the corner that you're going to post that maybe does better. So, you know, I, I, the thing I'll I'll sort of initially, I guess, compare it to is like in the 90s when I was running around trying to make little short films with my friends on a mini DV camera and figure out a way <laughs> to export it to VHS tapes, you were really just sort of making stuff with the people and the props and the things that you had immediately around you. You know, then I build up a production company. I'm used to being on set with 200 people and jib cranes and steady cams and all this great technology and, and resources. And then COVID really sort of took all of that away initially mm-hmm. and said, okay, now you have got your phone, you've got TikTok, and you've got your living room. And so it really brought <laughs> me back. Yeah, it brought me back to that that spirit of creativity that that mm. you know, that sort of young filmmaker of just like, hey, I'm just going to make cool stuff. I'm going to try and make people laugh. I'm going to try and build up a, a, an audience. So initially it was that. It was like it's like a great playground, a sandbox to kind of be creative when we were all in quarantine. Now, it's pretty integral to 
you know, a lot of the things that I do. So, for example, I've got this Nickelodeon show coming out. My TikTok is a great place to promote clips from the show, help build an audience for it, interact with the fans. You know, I love directly interacting with people and seeing what what they like, what they don't. And then, you know, that can make its way into the show. Mm. So um, it's a great promo machine right now. It's also still a great sort of creative sandbox. Uh, in terms of the output, you know, I'm the kind of guy that, like that Back to the 90s music video I referenced on YouTube, I spent two years on that music video before we, we put it out. Every frame mattered. Whereas with TikTok, it's the reverse, right? It's like, it's a little messier. It's a little sloppier. And that's what I kind of like. I'm still a filmmaker at heart that wants to, you know, carefully construct every frame of a project that I care yes. deeply about and that we're putting tons of money and resources into. But on the flip side, it's nice to have a place like TikTok where I can just, you know, do something funny real quick, put it online and get two million views on it, uh, you know, in a few hours and, you know, see what works, see what doesn't. Again, interact in the comment feed. I love the interaction. So it's just a different outlet. Uh, it's a different medium for mm. for eliciting laughter. I got into this business to make people laugh, and it's just another great tool and, and way to, you know, allow me and my friends to do that. Yeah. Well, TikTok is so good for comedy. I mean, I find myself literally in bed at night just doom scrolling <laughs> and laughing my butt off because I'm just like, what are these? And it's like the most random stuff. I'm like, what are these people doing? How do they come up with this? It's brilliant. I love it. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, you talked a little bit about Danger Force and Henry Danger, but I'd like mm-hmm. to go back to that because... Um, you know, you play such a great role on that show. <laughs> and I have to know what that audition process was like for that, yeah. that character. So, yeah, for those that don't know, I play a character called the Toddler on Henry <laughs> Danger and now our spinoff show Danger Force on Nickelodeon. It's insane to say this, but I've been playing this character for almost 10 years now. Um, That's wild. He's the main villain on the show. He's an evil man baby. Uh, I was in the pilot episode of Henry Danger, and the fact that we're still filming with this character now in the year 2022 is insane. You know, Jace Norman, who played Henry Hart, the the main kid on Henry Danger, you know, when we started that pilot, he was, you know, a foot and a half shorter than me. Now he's like, (laughs) you know, 30 years old and 17 feet tall. So uh, (laughs) it's definitely, it makes me feel old. Uh, No, you know, look, I'm a theater kid. I grew up on the stage. I grew up... um, uh, with sort of broad performance style. And so what's been great about being in the on-camera Nickelodeon universe for so long is it's really theater on camera. It's mm-hmm. really a, a, a broad, you know, it's such a broad character. And, um, you know, it's also a fun... It's a fun voice to do. Um, <laughs> so I've, you know, and I've made some of my greatest friends uh playing the toddler on on this silly show there's a great fan base for it you know i've been able to really connect with the henry danger fans on tiktok you know we were just talking about that Mm -hmm. there's certainly a big a big faction of kids that call themselves members of the todd squad on tiktok um so yeah look it the initial audition for that role was like many auditions i've been on where it's sort of a grab bag of of talented improv actors in a big mm-hmm. lobby at Nickelodeon at the time. And, um, you know, I'm I'm somebody that likes to make a, a big, wild choice for my audition. It might not be what exactly they're looking for, but it's going to be something that's memorable. Yeah. Um, and so I thought to myself at the time, OK, he's an evil man, baby. He's sort of like this this baby gangster. Why don't I combine <laughs> this sort of high-pitched cartoon voice with a lisp with Christian Bale's Batman. So it sounds a little something like this. And those two, the duality of those two voices was a lot of fun. Certainly uh, as a cartoon voice actor as well, it really helped uh, sort of bring that character to life. I think they liked Amazing. it. I'm also a, you know, a physical comedian, so certainly the slapstick nature of the role is, is super fun. 
Um, so I'm very grateful for it. I've made some really beautiful friendships from that crowd over the years. And it also really strengthened my relationship with Nickelodeon as a studio, mm-hmm. uh, which has certainly helped uh, on the animation side as well. Real quick, I have to know, what do you remember what like the casting director's uh, initial reaction was when you did that first take of like that voice going back and forth? I do. You know, what's so funny is I've auditioned for so many things where it's like, okay, you're going to call back number seven now. Yep. For this thing. <laughs> I auditioned for the toddler once with one take. Uh, oh my gosh. And so apparently, you know, they passed the audition tape around and, and everybody was pretty hyped up on it. I remember I did a lot of like physical gags in it too. I just sort of went for it in the room. Um, I forget exactly what the sides were, but yeah, um, I actually, you know, that, casting department i i went to college with one of the casting directors at nickelodeon so we had a personal relationship too not that nepotism or anything like that played a role but certainly no, having but... that personal connection helped yeah. um and uh yeah i think i think they laughed and they said well that's as good as it's gonna get so we're just gonna stick <laughs> with that one take so it's one of the few things that i've ever really done one take on where i've you know you've just landed the role from that one Wow, that's incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> speaking of Nickelodeon and your great relationship, let's talk a little bit about Big Nate, your new series on Paramount+. Plus. Tell me everything. Tell me what it's about. Tell me about being Nate. Tell me about how it got started. All of it. Yeah, so so Big Nate originally uh, is a long-running, still-going comic strip and series of best-selling books that have been going on since the 90s by the author Lincoln Purse. Uh, who is is also deeply involved in the television show that we're doing. So, um, you know, Nate's this precocious, uh, mischievous kid. He's a sixth grade <laughs> kid. He's got this sort of ragtag band of misfit friends, and they're constantly getting into trouble, or at least he's constantly pulling his friends into trouble and misadventures and hijinks. Um, they go to this very uh, sort of underfunded public uh, school called PS38, and it's gritty, it's grimy, it's definitely from another era. <laughs> what I love about it, you know, I was talking about my love of nostalgia earlier with my Back to the 90s project. We make use of tons of, of 80s and 90s songs in the show. PS38 oh, is, is outdated, so you'll probably see a rotary phone and yeah. like an old lamp and things. <laughs> you know, I think the animation style is really cool, too. I would highlight that. There's Ours is a 3D CGI show. Uh, mm. And most shows that are designed like that are, are lit uniformly. It's a very bright, glossy uh, look. Ours is the complete opposite. Ours is lit practically. So you might light a scene by the sun sort of streaming in through a window or, you know, an old light in the corner. That allows you to see sort of the, you know, the texture on character's skin. Um, it, it's just got this kind of grimier feel because of the nature of the world. Uh, so there's definitely a more sophisticated style to the animation. Mm-hmm. And the, perform- the performances themselves, I would say, also reflect that. They're, they're more grounded than your typical sort of wacky, loony show. Um, and the format as well, I think, complements that. Most shows, most animated right. shows for, for kids are 11-minute segments. We have a full 22-minute show, so it allows wow. us to do A stories, B stories, really pace the comedy, give it room to breathe. Um, the thing that I would say the most about the show that stands out to me is, like, I'm, I'm a fan of OG Nicktoons. So I grew up yeah. watching Doug and Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. And oh, my God. Ren and Stimpy was my jam. Best, right? And so, so and the good. Thing that stand- 
thing that stands out to me about those shows is there's an edge to the comedy. There's a bite yeah. to it. Adults like it too. And our show really harkens back to that. You know, there's a real edge to the comedy in Big Nate that that is sourced right from, uh, you know, the source material, really, the, the comic strip. Uh, and so I think that adults and kids alike are really going to enjoy the show because it's it's edgy. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited to watch it now. You have me all pumped up. <laughs> I guess I have to it's get been a blast. <laughs> Yeah, and I would also say, you know, that one of the things that I've I've been sort of pointing out to folks is the thing that's so remarkable about this show is we've recorded it exclusively in the pandemic. So wow. no one from the show during the show has ever been in the same room. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and yet... If I think this is the first time anybody's ever done this, we still record as an ensemble remotely. So every week we get on a big Zoom and through the beauty of technology and a lot of really smart people at Nickelodeon, we have figured <laughs> out how to record an entire animated show remotely but still together. And so what that allows us to do, at least for the actors, is to riff off of each other, to improvise, to react to one another's performances. And that allows us to discover these really beautiful moments that are not in the script that could mm -hmm. only be possible if we were acting with each other. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I think it's a really incredible achievement that, you know, this show has exclusively been put together during COVID times and you'd never know the, the difference when you're watching it. That's so that's so crazy that you've just been like in your in your house making a, a TV series. Just Isn't that nuts? So like who would have ever thought you know, five years ago, if somebody had said to you, by the way, you're going to be chilling in this house that you now own and you're going to be making a series full time just like yeah. in your house. You know, it's I'm so grateful for it. At the same time, we're all so, you know, in any field, we're all so desperate to return to some level of human connection. Oh, 100 um, percent. So I guess, you know, one of the things that I hope people of all ages sort of take away from our show, in addition to just laughing and, and having <laughs> a good time, it's. It's it's an escape from the pandemic, right? Yeah. It's so fun for us every week as actors to dive into PS38 because COVID doesn't exist there. Mm -hmm. um, and so my hope for the audience is they're able to sort of escape into the world of, of PS38 and Big Nate uh, and take a break from the chaos that's happening outside in the real world. <laughs> yes. We all need that. We all need it. Yeah. And we're going to take a quick break to listen to an awesome trailer for a fantastic podcast that y'all should be listening to, and then we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ray Hebel. And I'm Rob Schneider. And on September 7th, we will be launching our new podcast, This Was a Thing, a podcast that will dive deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. Now, you might know Ray from the most popular girls in school and True TV's Dr. Havoc's Diary. And you might know Rob from his other podcasts, Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, and Gay Card Revoked. But we know each other from a chance meeting at Sandals Resort in 2002. In between Mai Tais and Beach Cornhole, we discovered we had an affinity for crazy, culturally insignificant things from the past. The things that people wanted to forget, we wanted to remember. That's right, Rob. Every Tuesday, we are going to serve you a delicious heaping helping of nostalgia with a side of sass. And guac, but the guac will cost you extra. You see, we have searched, scoured, and sought out the greatest cultural happenings from the past few centuries, and we want to share what we learned with you. We will cover movies. Who's your, who's your favorite Batman villain? I'd say George Clooney's Batnips are probably my favorite Batman villain. Television. 
Was America ready to see Mike Brady dancing? Broadway. <laughs> yes, they actually did make a musical of Stephen King's Carrie. And yes, there was a song where the cast actually chanted, Kill the Pig. Oh, wow. Music. Now, why would the Beach Boys Mike Love say, Don't fuck with the formula? True crime. So apparently Lana Turner confessed to her hairdresser that she killed Johnny Stompanato and that her daughter took the rep. Can you imagine being that hairdresser? Excuse me, Miss Sweater Girl, what did you say to me? We can set that permanent wave later, Mary. The only thing I want to be a witness to are those split ends. Fashion. Suddenly, because of Davy Crockett, raccoon tail soared from 25 cents a pound to $8 a pound. I can't afford that. So join us on Tuesday, September 7th, when we launch the first season of This Was a Thing, available anywhere you get your podcasts. And to get a jump start on all the nostalgic things we will be covering, head over to our Twitter and Instagram at This Was a Thing Pod or our Facebook at This Was a Thing Podcast and follow us. This Was a Thing, September 7th. Check us out. Check you out. Oh. <laughs> Well, on this show, we like to share audition stories, and I know you shared your your toddler audition story, but are there others that you would like to share with the audience, listeners? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had chatted briefly, and you said, like, close calls. Like, yeah. there's some things that, that stand out to me in my career that were almost, right? Every actor says, well, if I had a career made of the things that I almost got, it would be a totally different career. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I was almost a splinter in the uh, Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. So I remember I got pretty far down the audition line in that. Um, you know, it was high pressure and there was a lot of physicality to the role and, you know, lots of callbacks. Um, mm. That was definitely one that was like an almost that stands out in my brain. Yeah. But then I think... <laughs> You know, you get to the point as an actor where it's just like my entire career is auditioning. It's just job interviews, right? Like it is. Pe- people back home, you know, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. People back home see the the wins, you know, mm-hmm. however many you get in a year. They don't see the thousands of auditions <laughs> that you do. Um, you know, that that were that were almost things. So yeah, that's one that that stands out as like, oh man, that would have been a good one. Um, there's been tons of, of voice roles over the years where it's like, man, you're in the running for this and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think too, on, on jobs that I did get that, you know, kind of got killed for other reasons. So for example, I was doing, a I was doing an on-camera show on Netflix called the big show show mm-hmm. right before, uh, the pandemic began. And, you know, Netflix was given second seasons to all of their multicam stuff. You know, it was just sort of a foregone conclusion that we were going to get a second season. Uh, It was a great family sitcom about uh, the the big show, a guy, uh, you know, a WWE wrestler who's 7'2 and 400 pounds. Oh, my God. And I played his nemesis on the show, his daughter's (laughs) high school gym coach, Coach Fenner. (laughs) And, you know, I got to Paul is the big show's actual name. And Paul and I got to wrestle a little bit in some of the episodes. They had me in about half the episodes of the season. It was such a wonderful group of people. He was such a sweet guy. 
it was me and Jaleel White uh, as the other recurring major guest star. It was so fun wow. working with with Steve Urkel. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were talking about, "Hey man, we're going to we're going to probably write you in as as a a very strong recurring or or a series regular for season 2." So I was really sort of ready for that to happen for most of 2020, and then as soon as the pandemic hit, the show goes away. I was actually on three different on-camera shows, March 2020, that all got canceled within like the the first two weeks. Ouch! Um, but I also booked Big Nate that week, so right. you know the entertainment industry giveth and taketh, and you just got to be <laughs> along for the ride. You can't grieve the losses too much, and you can't celebrate the wins too much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was really bummed when the Big Show show went away because it was such a great group of people. We were shooting at the Paramount lot, which is always such a fun, lovely lot, fun place to be. Um, And, yeah, you know, on camera stuff's weird now. Right. Like I go and do a Danger Force episode and you there's no more communal lunches. You're eating your prison Mm -hmm. food by yourself in your dressing room. And, you know. Everybody's got hazmat suits on, and it's like, well, this the, a little of the luster has come off of the acting experience. Yeah, a little bit. The the magic and the the show of it all, the glitter exactly. has kind of dissipated. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I've had so much fun talking to you, and I'm so excited to see Big Nate. Um, how can people follow you on social media to keep up with all of your your TikToks and your fun and your comedy? Yeah, yeah, it's just my name. So check me out on TikTok and Instagram. That's probably where I post most. It's just my name, Ben Giroux, B-E-N-G-I-R-O-U-X. And then Big Nate comes out. First episodes drop on Paramount Plus February 17th. Woo woo. Everybody better be watching. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so fun. So great to meet you. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Ben for coming on the show. Make sure to watch Big Nate premiering on Paramount Plus February 17th. I know I'm going to watch it. I love a good animated series, guys. I am I think I'm still a kid at heart. Um, I will literally watch animated shows 24-7 if I can. Anyway, thanks, Ben. Um, tune in next week for another chat with another person that uh, you know from watching them on your television sometimes. <laughs> and until then, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Leave us some love please. That would be so great. Some, uh, some stars and, uh, check us out on Instagram where I post fun video clips from these interviews every single week. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your family about the show. Thank you all for continuing to listen to me ramble and, and talk to cool people every week. I really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.